Welcome to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope that you are encouraged and find deeper purpose and meaning in your walk with Christ. If you would like more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org. All right, so Joshua chapter 2, we're talking about Rahab. And what's interesting, um, you know, Rahab is a person of great importance, but one of the, the our introduction to Rahab comes here in um, verse 3 of chapter 2. It says, um, or sorry, uh, verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, The land of Jericho, even Jericho, and they went and came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. So there's our introduction to Rahab, who she is. She is a, um, a professional. She's in a professional line of work, right? Yeah. So when I told you this is a person of great importance, right? That, that she's very meaningful. But... The first thing that we read about her is that these spies go into the land of Jericho and they lodge in a harlot's house and her name is Rahab. Now, as I read this and and what the Lord was dealing with me on, the first thing that pops in my head, well, shouldn't the, the, uh, the decisions that she's made and the lifestyle that she lives now, shouldn't that uh, disqualify her from, from God's plan and God being able to use her? But the answer is no. There are so many people today who are hung up on the, 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 the choices that they have made in the past and the lifestyle that they're currently living, believing that that lifestyle that they're in, the situation that they're in today, precludes them from God's plan being at work in their life. You need to know that is not the case. Just because where you've come from, what you've been through, the things you've done, it does not keep God from working in your life and doing something of great significance inside of you. One of the things I love about the Bible, it really doesn't pull punches. If if Rahab was a harlot, it says Rahab is a harlot. And that's the house they went into. But, but here they were, and, and, and they were introduced to Rahab, and we find out that as they're in the house, the king finds out that the, the king of Jericho finds out that these spies are there, and he sends word to Rahab and says, Hey, Rahab, there were two men who came into your house. They were here to spy. I want you to bring them to me. This is verse 3. It says, The king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth those men that entered into thine house, for they come to search out all the country. So these men had come to search, but the king wants them to come there. So here she has a decision. Here she has a decision. What is she going to do with these guys? In 
Verse 4, it says, And the woman took the two men and hid them, and saith thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. So in other words, she tells the king, There was two guys, but I have no idea where they're at now. And this one choice that she made to hide the, the spies, the, the men of Israel who came into her house is one choice is the turning point of the rest of her life. <clears throat> one choice. See, we know who she was. We know what she had been doing. We know the kind of lifestyle she lived, but one choice. One choice changed everything in her life going forward. And I think it's important that you know today that one choice for you, that one decision that you make, the one choice can change who you are going forward. Who the person that you're going to be. Who it is that, uh, how God can work in your life. Sometimes it's even the smallest choices that Make the, the greatest impact. I mean, to us, it doesn't seem like a big deal here, does it? That she decided, well, I, I'm not going to let these spy. I'm, I'm just going to hide them. I want to hide them here in the house. It doesn't seem like a big deal. But there are choices we make that, that, that may not even seem like a huge thing that we've done. For her, I'm sure there was, there was a great risk involved. But sometimes there are things that, that don't seem so significant. But yet, they are the, the place where big things happen. They're the turning points in our lives. And see, you had Rahab here and she made a, a, a seemingly very small decision. Maybe, maybe at great consequence. But, but I'm, I'm going to hide these guys. And I'm not going to turn them over. And she does this, she, she tells the, uh, the guys who are out searching for her, oh, well, they went, I think they left out the gate right, right, about, right before it closed, so if you go out this way, I'm sure you'll catch them. And then after those guys who were looking for them had left, left out the city gate, she went and she got the two spies. And she took a, a rope and was going to let them down, and, and she, she told them, she said, now listen, everybody here is afraid. Because we know what God has done for the children. We, we know how you guys came out of Egypt, how God parted the waters. We, we know all the stories. And everyone in here is afraid of what's going to happen. But here's what I'm asking you. Will you spare my life and the life of my family? This was... This was what she asked, she, will you spare us? We, we know that you're going to come in. We know that you're going to conquer. We know that you're going to win. But when you come in, will, will you spare us? So the two spies, they tell her. As, as they were getting ready to go down the roof, they handed her. The scarlet cord that they were, a thread, a scarlet thread out of the cord that they were going to be let down the roof. And in verse 18, it says this, Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window. 
which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whatsoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. So as they're getting ready to, to be let down, they hand her the scarlet thread and said, listen, when, when we come in, when we come in, when we enter the land, you take this thing and you tie it out there on the window. You tie it out there on the window and anyone who stays in the house is safe. Now, if someone leaves and they go out in the street, you know what? That's on them. Their blood is on their own hand. That's their decision. If they want to leave and do their own thing, then that's on them. But if they'll stay in the house, they'll be safe. The decision that she made, the choice that she made wasn't just a choice that saved herself, but it was a choice that led to the saving of her house. That scarlet thread that was hung outside that window was the thing that wouldn't just save her, but it would save her family and all those that she would bring into the house, folks. And as I read this story, I couldn't help but think about back in Egypt there, the, the plague where uh, the death angel came and, and killed the firstborn and how they would strike the blood on the doorposts. And, and, and there it said that the angel, when he would go by, if he would see the blood, that he would pass over and the plague wouldn't be touched on that house. And he here we have this scarlet thread that was tied outside of the window. This scarlet thread that was a symbol uh, of the blood that, that, would, that would be on the doorpost. Uh, the blood that was there covering a life. Uh, the blood that was there for the saving of a house. That scarlet thread that was tied. And, and as the uh, children of Israel marched around the walls of Jericho. And the trumpets blew and they began to shout. And all the walls fell down. There was one place in the wall. That still stood. There was one place in the wall. That didn't fall. Because of the scarlet thread. <coughs> symbolic of the blood of the lamb. Listen folks. You need to know today. If you just take the blood of the lamb. And mark it up on your doorpost. You'll just hang that scarlet thread in your window. If the blood of Jesus, you just claim the blood and you tie it to your house. Let me tell you, anybody who will stay under the blood, under the covering of the blood. Listen, if you just stay under the covering of the blood, they're safe. Now, if you want to go out into the street and you want to do your own thing, then your blood is on your hands. But I want you to know that if you just stay under the covering of the blood of Christ, that there's safety, even in the most dangerous times, even when when things seem like they're falling apart around you, if you just stay under the blood of Christ, you can be safe. And the decision that she made was a decision that would change her life and would change the life of everyone who stayed in the house, who stayed under the blood, who stayed under the protection of the scarlet thread. But she was just a prostitute. She was just a harlot. 
don't underestimate how important you are. Don't underestimate how important you are. How critical. Her family was thankful for the decision she made on that day when the walls came down. There may be people who question, well, why, why do you do that church stuff? Why do you want to every Sunday show up, every Sunday night show, every Wednesday you go on to church, go on to Sunday school. Why do you want to do that crazy stuff? You got all this. Man, this is your free day. This is the day that you can do whatever you want. Why do you want to do that crazy stuff? Because I tied a thread outside my window. Because I want to stay under the blood. Because it means something not just to me, but to my family to stay in the house and stay where God has put me. And the decisions that I'm making today mean something to somebody. They're changing some lives. The decisions that I'm making today are changing hearts. Because I've stayed under the covering of the blood. You may think, well, but I'm just me. I'm not important. I don't preach. I don't teach. I don't sing. I don't do any of the cool, awesome stuff that everybody sees. One of the most important people in the world. Her name was Arlene Reno. You don't know Arlene, do you? No, you probably don't. You say... Well, why was she the most important person? Well, maybe she wasn't to you, but she was to me. Was she family? No, she wasn't family. She wasn't family. She was a lady that I went to church with for a few years. My uh, father-in-law, he pastors a church out on Mount Olive, and a few years before me and Mackenzie got married, before I started pastoring, we, we went there. Uh, of course, even before that, we sang in some revivals there. And, and really, she had, the, the night, I, I will say the night that really everything changed in my life. Uh, we were singing in a revival out there. It didn't happen there. It happened before I got to church at, at the house. And, and I really prayed and committed my life to Christ at home. But the night we got there at church, man, the, the way the spirit moved, she never forgot that. We came and, and I worked out there in the church and for uh, four, five years before the Lord moved us on into pastoring a church. And well, why was Arlene's important? Because Arlene prayed for me. Arlene prayed for me. Arlene prayed for me every day. I know Arlene prayed for me every day. And every time I'd see Arlene, even when we had moved on, even when, it, it, years since I'd went to church with her, I'd come out every once in a while and I, I would preach. Just on Sunday night, they'd have me out to preach. And, and she would come tell me, Aaron, I'm praying for you. Praying for you and your family. You don't know what that means as a minister. There ain't a lot of people who pray for you. I'll just be honest with you. You pray for a lot of people. You're, you're serving people. But there ain't a whole lot of people out there praying for you. And you don't know what that meant to me. To know that there was someone who was praying for me. I remember going to her funeral and walking up through that viewing line. And I know it's a selfish thought to think. But I thought to myself, who's praying for me now? 
What an impact this woman made in my life. Uh, maybe, maybe she didn't even know, but I, I just knew even in my hardest times that there was someone who was praying for me. I knew that the power of prayer was behind me because someone every day was calling out my name to the Lord. And it may seem insignificant to you, but one of the most people in the, uh, important people in the world to me was Arlene Reno. Because she prayed. She made a choice Amen. that I'm going to hold Aaron up before God. You may think that you lead a life of insignificance, but I'm telling you, you're more important than you think. Amen. The decisions you make are more important than you think. Amen. The stand that you take is more important than you think. That's what the Lord had laid on my heart. is just this very thing. You are more important than you think you are. You are more significant to what God is trying and wanting to do, God's plan, than what you think you are. You may think that, that all you can do is this and all you can do is this. It ain't a big deal. It's not, but you are more important than what you think. And yes, to her family, she saved her house because of the choice she made. But you want to really understand how important Rahab was? You got to go all the way to Matthew. Let's turn there. Book of Matthew, chapter 2. Sorry, Matthew, chapter 1. Book of Matthew, chapter 1. I want you to hear this. And Salmon, wait, this is the part of the Bible we usually skip, isn't it? A bunch of names, but you, got, you, got to, you have to hear this part. This is the genealogy of Jesus Christ right here. I, I'm, I'm going to read a couple verses here. But Salmon begat Boaz of, guess who? Rahab. Oh, yeah? Well, and Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. Now listen to this. We're just a few generations down the road. This is just a few generations. You had, you had Rahab's son, his son, and then his son's son were at Jesse. And now here we are in this fourth generation. And Jesse begat David the king. Now, I want you to think about that. You don't know today. You're struggling. You're making decisions. You're making choices right there now, but you don't know what the future holds. Today, it may seem tough. You may, you may think, well, there is no way that God can use me. In the situation that I'm in. There's no way that God can touch and move in my life. In the situation I'm in. In the things that I've got going on. In the, in the choices that I'm making. There's, there's no way that God can do something in my life. But the choices that you make today. May, may be the saving of your house. But you never know. Generations down the road. What God might be doing. The plan that he has for you. Just a few generations down the road. 
Here came King David. Greatest king of Israel. A warrior. A man after God's own heart. But I'll just back a few generations. His grandma was a harlot. That's just the kind of people God wants to use. That's just the kind of people God can use to change the world. And then you just fast forward and you go on down the line. And it isn't too long before you get to Joseph and then Jesus. We don't have to go very, back very far. We start seeing some pretty shady people in our family trees. You know that? My, my mom's parents were rough people. He, he moved here to Ohio in the early 1900s and covered wagon. Come across the Ohio River from West Virginia. Him and his family lived down around Stout for a long time. When I say they were rough people, they were rough people. They were poor, drunkards. I mean, they, they were the kind of people that, that good folk like us just wouldn't want much to do with. It's just the truth. They had... Uh, my, grand, my grandfather was in his 40s, mid-40s, when they had my mother. When my mother was in the 8th grade of school, which would put my grandpa in his 50s. It was at church one night. And most astonishing thing happened. My grandpa, my grandma, and my mom got saved. And it changed their lives. No, I mean, it, it changed. It didn't just, it changed them. I mean, you, you guys, you hear what I'm saying, but you're not getting what I'm saying. The kind of people they were was so at odds with who God was, who God is. The kind of lifestyle that they lived was so at odds with who God was and the kind of perfect, holy, righteous God that He is. When they met Jesus Christ, the change in their life was so drastic. It's almost unbelievable. But they made a choice. They made a choice. And I'm here today because of the choice they made. You're more important than you think. That night at that church was more important than anybody may have known. That step that they took that night changed everything. And this morning, what I'm saying to you is you're more important than you, you think you are. You're more significant 
than what you believe you are. And the choices that you're making today have a greater impact than what you can ever believe. Thank you for listening to the Stockdale UCC podcast. We hope this has been a blessing to you and that you will share this with your family and friends. For more information about Stockdale United Christian Church, please visit us at stockdaleucc.org and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Stockdale underscore UCC.